You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Bibles and go to Genesis chapter number six. Uh, great job, Melody. Uh, Genesis chapter number 6, let's stand together and we're going to read verse 6 through 14 tonight. Uh, Genesis chapter number 6, and so we're going to be looking, uh, get away from Revelation a little bit, uh, but uh, other end of the book, but it's all good, amen? Uh, Genesis chapter 6, I'll read verse 6, join me on verse 7 and we'll skip down uh, to verse number 14. Uh, verse or verse 14 there. So chapter 6, verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with his violence." And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come up before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. Skip down to verse 22. It says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Uh, and so here, as we finish this up, uh, we, we see that uh, God has, has worked in a man's life, a family's life, and we, we know them as Noah. Uh, Noah and Mrs. Noah and their kids. Uh, but we we know something about this family. This was a family that lived in a wicked day. And when we look at this family, we're looking at a family that lived in a wicked day, but there was only one family out of all the earth that found grace. You know, we feel like we are all by ourselves in this world. We feel like it's pretty rough in, in, our, uh, in our life and trying to stand for the Lord and in this world that we live in. And uh, we look around and there are other believers that believe what we believe. Uh, here we get to assemble on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and we get to sing the songs of God and we get to encourage one another. Noah did not have that. It was Noah and his family. And God had looked at this one family, and this one family found grace. Now, I'm glad that 
we have found, we have collectively found grace. But we can learn some things from this family. And tonight we're just going to look at uh, faith and family. Faith and family. Father, I pray that you'd help us. And Lord, uh, thank you for just the opportunity of being together here in your house. And uh, may you just use uh, the truths that we look at. Help us to be strengthened, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. You can be seated. Now, sometimes when we think about family and, uh, and we'll have messages on family, people think, well, you know, I'm, uh, I'm older and my family's all raised and gone. Maybe it's a single person and they don't have a, a husband, a wife, children, uh, but every one of us are part of family. We're part of family. Uh, and not just a physical family, but a spiritual family. God is our heavenly Father. That's right. And with that, the uh, Bible, Bible talks about how uh, Saul, uh, when, when he, after he got saved, it was brother Saul. What was it? Uh, there was a connection of family. And all through Scripture, we see that. Family is what God uses to help us identify and, and to understand uh, what, uh, what is uh, uh, the relationship that we can have with him. And so, uh, so we want to uh, make sure that we, we understand that. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 16. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. Romans 8. Earlier this week, uh, one of our students, um, was we had the opportunity to win her to the Lord. And so praise the Lord for that, one of our junior high uh, students. So that was, that was exciting, uh, seeing her saved at school. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the, what? Children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also uh, be also glorified together. Skip over to, uh, to Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter 9. Acts, Romans. So go back a book. Acts chapter number 9 and verse number 17. Acts 9, 17, and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled uh, with the Holy Ghost. And so uh, these are just some verses to, to back up the, the premise that we are, we are family. And as believers, all of us are family. Uh, and with that, though, that family unit is what God is using to help us understand uh, that relationship uh, with Him. And so uh, tonight, I just want to help all of us uh, to, to make some application uh, to our relationship with God, uh, as well as our relationship uh, with each other uh, and with our family, uh, so we can uh, have that, that earthly family, but also understand that spiritual family. 
Uh, so back in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5, the Bible says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So uh, that's, that is the condition, uh, that was the condition of the world, uh, that it was evil continually. Now, uh, this next week, Monday, uh, is Halloween. You know, the world uh, is an evil place. It's an evil place. And with that, Daniel, we're not taking questions right now. Evil, evil, uh, is, this world is evil. But, but with that, uh, there, is, there is an emphasis of evil. You know, there's an emphasis of death. You think about all the movies that are being played right now, all the horror movies that are being played. And somehow we find entertainment in things that are evil. You know, murder is evil. How does murder become something that a believer would want to watch? It it's evil. Now, the evil of this world, it, it is waxing worse and worse. But in this day, it was so bad that God said, I'm starting over. The thoughts of their heart was evil only continually. Now, now there's a difference between sin and evil. All, all evil is sin, but not all sin is evil. The Bible tells us that sin is a transgression of the law. So sin is breaking one of the commands and breaking, crossing a boundary. It's a trespass against God. But evil is a sin with an intent to hurt. Uh, when we look at David in Psalm 51, uh, what happened? He, he committed adultery, but he also had Uriah the Hittite killed, murdered. And, and when he came back to God, uh, he, said, he said he confessed his sin uh, and the evil that he had done. Uh, and he was asking God to forgive him for his sin and for the evil. And the evil was the, the sin was, was the committing of adultery. The evil was the murder of Uriah. And so uh, evil, it, it, is a, it is a condition uh, of, of the world. But here in Noah's day, he did not associate with evil. And he was the only one. Can you imagine? We're not, we're not just talking about a few people that did not associate with evil. We're talking about one family. One family where God looked down and he saw evil everywhere else but one family. You know what? God should look down at Bible Baptist Church and he shouldn't just find one family. God should look down at America and he shouldn't just find one family. There ought to be believers who are who are not going to entertain evil in their life. 
And we've got, we've got to recognize that uh, just because the world is going a direction doesn't mean that we are to go that direction as well. Just because it becomes acceptable, uh, there are things that believers, saved believers, uh, will accept. And there can be an acceptance and a culture of accepting evil behavior even inside the church. Now, that ought not be the case. We, we ought to be people who are going to stand for righteousness. So this moral decline was an all, at an all-time high in Noah's day. And these actions of wickedness, they were, they were evident. And God saw that the wickedness of man, he said, was great. Their attitudes, their actions, their assumptions and thoughts of their minds, it was given over to evil. He said every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, continually. And so that's what we want to guard ourselves against. Now, uh, Halloween is here. You know what? Christian kids should not be participating in Halloween. Why was that quiet? Why? Why? We, why, would, why would we want to put our kids in an environment that connects with that which is evil? Now, we have Fall Festival, and there is, there's no evil there. We're not, we're not celebrating uh, dead spirits. We're not celebrating Satan. We're not celebrating death. We're not celebrating evil. You know, Christians, we, we, I want our kids to not feel like they are missing out. And so we have uh, some of these other things. But it, it is not just to be like the world. We, we need to be making sure that we are, we are looking at what is going on in the world around us. And our family, it needs to be different. Our individual families, but not just the individual families, our church family. And the culture ought to be one that is promoting righteousness, not one that is promoting evil, not one that is promoting unrighteousness. So uh, imagine, if you would, the environment. Imagine, if you would, uh, the, the neighborhood. Imagine the relationships uh, that were there. You know what? Noah and Mrs. Noah couldn't let their kids go play with the neighborhood kids. Well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Come on now. What happens? We don't want to hurt their feelings, but we will allow our children to associate with and be a part of things and be influenced by evil. There's a problem. We've got, to, we've got to realize, uh, looking at Noah, what it should tell us is that if we have to be all by ourselves, we'll be all by ourselves, but we are going to honor the Lord. Whether family, do you think Noah didn't have other family? Man, it's quiet. 
But the reality is, and I'm not trying to get us to be uh, distant from everybody. I'm just telling us we've got to make sure that we are guarding the family unit. We have got to guard uh, our family. We've got to guard our individual family. We've got to guard our family units uh, as a church. Uh, why? Because we, we, we look at the condition that it got to with Noah and, and the, the other people that believe in God, Noah was not the only believer on the earth. He wasn't the only one that believed in God. But the, the, the world became a place where evil was predominant. And even people that we would we would want to be able to associate. Noah didn't have anybody else to associate with. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So a couple of lessons we'll look at tonight. Uh, number one, don't worry about what others are doing. Don't worry about what others are doing. Uh, I was talking to the staff uh, earlier this week in devotions. Uh, the peer pressure is not just something for kids. Peer pressure is not just something that the teenagers deal with. Peer pressure is something that we all deal with. And we have to, we have to be careful that we are not letting uh, the people who are not going the right direction influence us. So don't worry about what other people are doing. Uh, Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There is one person that we need to be uh, trying to impress. There is one person that, uh, one set of eyes that we need to be looking to for approval. And it's the Lord. You know, if God be for us, who can be against us? He's the one that we need to be looking at. He's the one that we need to be looking to uh, for his favor. Uh, there was only one set of eyes that, uh, that Noah needed uh, to give approval to him. That's what he was looking for. And you and I, we've got to make sure that we are looking for the Lord's approval in our eyes, uh, in his eyes. So we can't get our boundaries from what other people are doing. Don't get your boundaries from what others are doing. If we just look around and say, well, you know what? This, this is a saved person, so that might be okay. Well, this is a saved person, that might be okay. We can't just, we can't just look at other people to, de to determine where our boundaries need to be. You know, God has given us this. We have his word. And we're not going to stand before the Lord and, and us be able to look at somebody. I'm not going to be able to stand before the Lord and say, well, you know, Lord, Brother Daniel was doing it, so it must have been okay. I, I can't look and say, well, you know, uh, I was just following Brother Andy. Now, they're not going to lead us in the wrong direction. Uh, but uh, what I'm saying is we won't be able to point our finger at anybody else. Parents, have you ever have your, had your children tell you, well, so-and-so did it? How many of us said that? I'm sure I did. Uh, but the reality is it doesn't, it doesn't wash. 
It's not going to fly. And so here we, we can't worry about what other people are doing. Uh, there, are, there were other people in Noah's day that thought things were acceptable that were not acceptable. Just because somebody else thinks it's okay doesn't mean it's okay. We have to look at what God says. I am sure that the people of Noah's day thought Noah was an extremist. And you're a fanatic. Yep. That, that was, I'm sure that was the attitude uh, towards him. Uh, you're just so judgmental. You, you uh, holiness uh, and standards, uh, they, they looked at Noah and his family and they probably thought they were the weirdest people in the world. And they were right. But they found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, don't we want God's grace? We want to find grace in his eyes. Uh, and we're not going to find that uh, if we are uh, trying to be like this world is. Uh, the Bible deals with absolutes. And as, as the Bible deals with absolutes, people will tell you, man, you guys, you take that way too literal. But how literal can you take, how, how can you take God too literally? You can't. And so Noah, his family, it was a peculiar family. Go back to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. And verse number 5. Exodus 19, 5. Exodus 19, verse number 5. Uh, the Bible says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment, then ye shall be, what? A peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Uh, go to De Deuteronomy chapter number 14. Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse number 2. Deuteronomy 14, 2, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Uh, Deuteronomy 26, 18. Deuteronomy 26 and verse number 18. He said, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself. Oops, that's the wrong one. Deuteronomy 26, 18. And the Lord hath avouched thee this day to be his peculiar people, as he hath promised thee that thou shouldest keep all his commandments. And then 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his, his marvelous light. And we look in the Old Testament, we see how God had called Israel a peculiar people. But then in the New Testament, uh, Peter said that we were a peculiar people as well. Now the word peculiar there, it doesn't mean that we were weird. 
All right? Though some of God's people are weird. Uh, they, say, they say that the gospel right, uh, light draws strange bugs. And so uh, there are peculiar people, and uh, some of us are, are different. Uh, but the reality is, this is not saying that we are to be weird. The word peculiar there, it is highly valued. It is a highly valued possession. And God is saying, I want you to be a peculiar. I want you to be this prized possession for me. Uh, you know, if you have something that is very valuable, you, you keep it away or you set it aside from the common uh, use. Uh, we, have, uh, we, ha- we have china at our house. Now, I don't ever see that china. It is stored away and it is stored away in packages uh, and they've got their own little suitcases that they go in, and there's little plate uh, separators. And I think Deb, uh, she's given away some already, but I think she's got three uh, sets of china, full sets of china. Uh, and and we carry, we have carried that china from Washington to Indiana, back to Washington, and here to California. And I think I have eaten off of them fewer times than I have moved them. Uh, but uh, they are a peculiar treasure to her. They are valued uh, because of not just the personal value of them, but because of who she received them from. And, and they are special to her. Now, the same thing with, uh, with us. God has set us aside, and we are a valued possession. The valued possessions should not be tarnished. Valued possessions should not be treated as commonplace. And, and God wants us uh, to be a holy uh, people. He wants us to be a peculiar people. Uh, why? Because we are valued by him. He wants us to stay clean. So Christians aren't to be weird per se, but they are to be different from a world of darkness. So number one, don't worry about what others are doing. Number two, live today with tomorrow in view. Live today with tomorrow in view. You know, God gave Noah a job to do. And that job was not just a short-term job. It was over 100 years. And now all of a sudden, he's... He is living every day, 365 days a year, for a hundred years, knowing that judgment was coming. You know what? Judgment's coming. And if we can't live that way for three score and ten, recognizing God's coming, Here, Noah, every day, he was building that ark. He was preparing the ark. He was was guarding his family. He was investing in his family. He was making sure that his family was going to get on the ark with him. He was living every day with tomorrow in view. Go back to Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 12. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 12. We'll read down to verse number 18. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, 
for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make it in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make uh, to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with the lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is breath of life from under the heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. We have to realize that our daily decisions impact our future. They impact our future. Just, just like we make, if you make good stewardship decisions right now as young people, you younger families, uh, you younger adults, making good stewardship decisions right now, it will be a total different scenario when you are retiring than someone who has And I was talking with a man today. Uh, about 10 years ago, he and his wife got saved, got baptized right here. And he is living homeless. He lost his wife. He's lost his little boy. And he came in and was asking for prayer and I was talking with him for a little bit. His whole life, his trajectory has completely changed. A young couple, young family, saved, working, trying to serve the Lord. And now I asked him, I said, where are you staying? Well, I'm staying under the bridge over off of the Uber River. You know, our decisions... They have consequences. And the consequences don't all have to be bad. It can be a consequence or it can be a blessing. But our, our decisions, they, they will impact our future. And today's decisions will have fallout. Uh, there was an end in view. It was a hundred years away, uh, but it wasn't going to happen immediately. It was a long way off. And, and Noah lived every day with tomorrow in view. You know, God gave him some explicit directions. Uh, in verse 15, he said, And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. God gave him directions. He gave him instructions. You know what? When God gives us instructions on how to live, uh, we best obey. You know, what God says is coming true. You know, there, there is coming a day when our life is going to be at an end. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment. We've got, to, we've got to live every day with that in view. Realizing, I might not have tomorrow. 
I might have today. And if I'm, if I'm thinking, well, I'll serve the Lord later, we don't know that later will come. We don't know that we have later. Moms, dads, don't push off the opportunity to teach your kids. Well, you know, I've got a lot of time to teach them. No, you've got right now. That's it. It's all we have. And you know what? We can think that we have so much time, but how many of us have woke up and all of a sudden those little ones became teenagers? It's like, what just happened? And then they become adults. And it happens so quickly. We, we don't get a second chance at this. So we've got to live every day uh, with tomorrow in view. Uh, you know, 3 John 1 uh, the, uh, verse 4, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And we, we want to make sure that that is the case. Uh, so families, we, we need to, uh, to make sure that we are guarding our family. Keep tomorrow in view. Keep the end in view. So don't worry about what others are doing. Live today with tomorrow in view. And then lastly, serve the Lord with your family. Serve the Lord with your family. Somewhere back in the mid-90s, there began, began this shift where you had to have family day. And I'm not against having days and time with your family. But there was this huge emphasis on having time that had to be set aside for family only, and it had to be fun. And what we found was, it was a trade-off. Well, I can't serve the Lord because I have family. You know what? You can serve the Lord with family. And I'm not saying not to get away and have vacations and have family days and have time together. I'm not saying not to do that. But don't use your family as an excuse. Serve the Lord with your family. Take, take your kids with you. Do what you can. And maybe your family uh, is, is no longer at home. Then, then serve the Lord with some of your church family. But, but let's serve the Lord. Serve the Lord uh, with your family. Verse chapter uh, 7, Genesis 7, 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take of thee by sevens. And he gives him instruction there. Verse number 5, it says, And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him, and Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Noah was 500 years old when his sons were born. Noah was 600 when the flood came. His kids grew up with Noah building an ark. That's all they knew. You know what? God gave you a family and your service for God 
should impact your family. If God has given you a job to do and he has given you kids, that's your kid's job too. Well, what if they don't want to? Well, as you're serving and as they're your children, they're, they're with you. Whole family serves together. And here Noah, uh, he was, he was uh, serving the Lord. His kids uh, were serving the Lord alongside there. Uh, and when it came time to get into the ark, everybody was getting in with him. You know, brother and Mrs. Noah, they did something right. And, you know, we, we want to make sure that our influence, we're taking people with us. Now, maybe your kids are gone. Influence somebody else's kids. We had a lady in our church when I was in Washington and probably one of the best soul winners that we had. And, you know, she was, she was so very mindful of getting the gospel out and talking to people about the Savior. Yet her mom was a Catholic lady and she was lost and she was up in years and she was so so brokenhearted about her mom's uh, condition of being lost. And I would tell her, I said, uh, I'd call her by her name and I'd say, you go win somebody else's mama. You just go to keep telling other people about the Lord. And maybe as you are witnessing to, to somebody else's mama, maybe God will raise somebody up to witness to your mama. You know what happened? Somebody else won her mom to Christ. You know, we might not be able to serve with our specific family. We might not be the one uh, that wins them, but, but we can help somebody else's family. We can help our church family. We can serve the Lord still uh, regardless. And, you know, let's, let's make sure that we are doing what we can. Faith and family goes together. Family as a church, family as individual family units. Uh, but, but let's make sure that our faith is evident in our family and that it's lived out. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Pray that you'd bless tonight. And Lord, our people, uh, just meet needs as only you can. And uh, Lord, we are living in a wicked world. And we're living in a, a world where there's just so much opposition to truth and righteousness. And evil just seems to continue to win. Uh, and Lord, we know that the day's coming where uh, you are going to come back. And Lord, you're going to set everything straight. Uh, but until then, help us uh, to live like Noah, to, to have grace and find grace in your sight. And so I pray that you bless, help all of us to have uh, just that uh, determination that we're going to serve you. Uh, and so help us, please, for Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, short invitation, if the Lord spoke to your heart tonight as the instruments play, uh, you can find yourself a spot at the altar. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.